Oh, <laughs> I make a joke about that. <laughs> I don't even know how you do that. Welcome to episode seven of On an Unrelated Note. Uh, that's uh, the seven in the corner if you're watching the video version. That is if we actually have the video version. Uh, with that said, I am Chris and alongside me as always is Daniel. How are you? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not Chris or anything, but I'm, <laughs> we can change that. that. Yes, we, we shall. Um, <laughs> be here. I um I think we have to go to the social security office or something to do this. <laughs> oh no, I already took care of it. <laughs> oh well, there you go. Um, so uh, the most exciting thing about uh, this episode is uh, this is the first consistency we've had since uh, we started, and I believe we started this. Did we start this before the pandemic? Pretty yes. sure we did, and then we, we didn't did. release anything until after the pandemic. After that, no, we did two episodes. Right. And then we did the pandemic. And we didn't do the pandemic. <laughs> we caused the pandemic. Oh, we let that information slip. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not the same pandemic that people are thinking of, though. We, we caused a different one. <laughs> it was a um, much less exciting one. Yeah, we did uh, episodes in September and October of 2019. So, okay, yes. so um, really, we uh, we timed this well for people to actually listen to us when we when they couldn't leave home, except we just didn't record anything until like September of the next year. I think. I, I feel like if people started listening to us, they would probably leave home anyway just to escape. <laughs> That's what we should have done. <laughs> the virus would have been like, screw this. <laughs> oh. People are getting vaccinated against us. <laughs> uh, so we, we've had some conversations throughout this week. And um, we, we actually never talk outside of here. This is true. I have no clue who you are. I, uh, we communicate through Morse code, though. I met you on AOL Instant Messenger, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I uh, <laughs> you had some cool colors in your profile. <laughs> <laughs> I met you on Tinder. <laughs> AOL Instant Tinder. Swiped up. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so. This week, um, uh, Daniel actually found some new new metal bands, uh, and I didn't know new metal was still a thing. But because I've been researching new metal bands, everything I'm getting advertisement wise is now like, "Hey, look at this metal." publication or whatever but one of them was very clickbaity and i clicked on it because i was very very curious it was the 12 embarrassing albums that everyone owned back in the day i will start this by saying i don't know why some of these would be considered embarrassing because i think they're good albums still <laughs> yeah yeah there's uh it's it's a real uh 
uh, a plethora, a cornucopia. Uh, you got some good stuff and some bad stuff. So, uh, so some, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna break this down uh, a little bit. Um, probably that's more much. for the the metalcore episode. But, <laughs> oh, that's uh, right in the middle of the episode, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> that's too heavy. Wait, no, right after the second folks. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, too heavy, the first album on the list is Full Devil Jacket, which I, I got that album. I don't believe I paid more than like six bucks for the album, and I don't think I even knew who they were, but. I liked the cover and the name. I I'm not necessarily embarrassed by owning this album because I still think it's a good album for what it was. It was very, it towed the line of new metal and just like a progressive rock. I feel like, but I liked it. And they had a song called Mr. Wiggly on it. So uh, <laughs> they did. Uh, yeah. I, um, I had this album. It was one of a few on this list that I have. Yeah, I uh, I haven't listened to it in a long time, but I do remember liking it um, and uh, playing it quite a bit. I remember Full Devil Jacket was from uh, Tennessee, so not too terribly far <laughs> from us. That's true. <clears throat> and um, I also seem to remember that uh, the that the singer, I believe, ended up um, becoming like a born again Christian. Yeah, so the uh, in Day of Fire, I think, yes, is the band he went to. <laughs> that is correct. Dove Award winning Day of Fire. Um, <laughs> like for for those who don't know the the Christian Grammys, <laughs> um, and and so yes, for to go from a band called Full Devil Jacket to, to that <laughs> is an interesting transition. Although, if I remember correctly, I feel like Full Devil Jacket. And like the mid 2010s had new albums, but I don't know that he was the vocalist. I'm not sure on that. Um, I did not educate myself enough. To <laughs> there was a reunion. Um, I don't know if they put out. I'm not aware that they put out new material. Okay. Um, but I do think that. Uh, I feel like it was the same, essentially the same lineup. Okay. Uh, yeah, 2010 yep. one-time reunion. Okay, so I the one thing that I do remember, I remember the the "Wanna Be a Martyr" was the the hit that I knew from the album when I first bought it. Like I don't even think I knew that I knew a song, but uh, that was the one that I, I stuck out to me. But even more important, they did what I feel like every album did in this era because I feel like that came out in 2000. And that is correct. The big thing at the time seemed to be like, let's go heavy, let's go heavy, but we got to have this one acoustic song because everybody uh, has a little ballad in their life. <laughs> and they had it. <laughs> uh, at least one, one that I remember. Uh, where um, did you go? I think is the name of it. That's the one. Um, <laughs> what is interesting with that one is I feel like most ballads are like, you know, halfway, two thirds of the way through the album. Uh, once you have, um, you know, finished with your your mosh activities, <laughs> you can, you know, retreat to your, uh, I don't know, whatever you do the rest of the time. Anyway, where did you go? Track three on this album. So uh, usually it's first, at the end. <laughs> yeah. First, 
first two songs must go pretty hard to make a break <laughs> by the third one. That's pretty bad. <laughs> oh. So, like, well, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to vote that one's a lot embarrassing for me. Yeah, I'm okay with it. You know, it's, uh, yeah. it's not the like pinnacle of my collection, but you know, it's <laughs> solid album. So uh, next, next on the list is the Misfits Michael Graves era album, right? Michael Graves, yes. Uh, Project 1950. And again, I'm not sure why this is considered embarrassing because like all the Michael Graves albums kind of sounded the same. And he always had the same, like, kind of, I don't even know how to put it, like, a very, like, 1950s vibe to his voice. Because he was nothing like Danzig at all. No. And I don't know. I am right on this. Actually, this was Michael Graves' era. It wasn't. Believe it or not, it was just post-Graves. And Jerry Only is the singer on this album. Okay. See, Which is weird going. because you're right. Graves would have like fit very well on this. Yeah, he's got the voice that I feel like is like that, like 1950 era. Like, yeah, like, listen to a song those. like uh, Saturday Night. Yes, and, that's the I song mean, in my head. <laughs> yeah, for sure. There's 1950 um, ways to kill anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I think this album was like kind of goofy for the Misfits. It, it was. was like. Did not, you know, I mean, lots of people were already mad that Graves was singing for them because they were like Danzig purists, which I like <laughs> Graves era stuff. Not real thrilled about Graves as a person, but, yeah. um, you know, I, I liked I liked that era. They were kind of a different band, but this was like full on like gimmick land. Oh, 100%. To me, which, you know, if you're going to call, you know, if you're going to get upset about the Misfits being a gimmick band, that's probably not the best idea. You know, I'm not that mad about it. And I mean, um, in the end, it was an early 2000s release, too. So, like, at that sure. point, I feel like the Misfits have done what the Misfits were going to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure. They've been putting out music for you know, 25 years at that point, um, which, in fact, I actually have a shirt from around that time that um, says something about the face of fear for 25 years or something like uh, that. Yeah. Um, but with all that said, I am... Like my not so much guilty pleasure, but my uh, I guess like a genre of music most people would not assume that I liked is like fifties like rock and doo-wop and stuff, which is exactly what they're covering. That's true. On this whole uh, album. I'm I'm a sucker for that stuff. I love like I love fifties culture in general. I love diners and oh you yeah, know, drive-ins. Okay, I'm not getting into Guy Fieri territory here, but uh, <laughs> but but seriously, times. I you know the the music, all that I I kind of I agree. I, I like that theming, so you know um, at least from that angle, it's kind of nice. And uh, this is uh, not even close to the genre, but as far as what you're talking about, the um, uh, Billy Joe Armstrong and why am I blanking on who's with him? Uh, the Foreverly album was uh, yes. Excellent. Well, I mean, yeah, of all that stuff that I like, I mean, Everly Brothers are, you know, Kentucky native Everly Brothers are, uh, go, yes, are right up there for me. So, yeah, who does he? Nora Jones. That's what I was thinking. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I man, I forgot. <laughs> you introduced me to that. That's, that's, that's and, and I like, 
um, I, you know, I like covers of that stuff as well, since, you know, obviously, you know, a lot of people aren't putting out original stuff like that, but like, um, uh, what is it? Pennywise's cover of stand by me is like really good. Yes. Um, yes. So yeah. 50s covers all day to make so, it happen. I mean, it, it's definitely, I guess in the end, it's, uh, it's possible to do it the right way. You're a bigger Misfits fan than I am. I didn't own this album. I I listened to it, but I could. I guess I could see a world where it could be an embarrassing album coming back later if you were a Misfits fan. Yeah, I mean, it definitely doesn't fit in with the rest. Um, I can't. When did this come out? Like oh three, maybe. Uh, yeah, two thousand three. Okay, I saw the Misfits in two thousand two. And like October of 2002. And, you know, usually when an album's about to come out, you'll hear a new song or two. They didn't play any of this stuff. Um, okay. I, you know, I think it was just, you know, trying to get some, some record sales. Um, you know, I don't think they knew at the time if Jerry only would be their, their permanent lead singer, which, I mean, I know they've done some uh, reunion stuff, reunion shows with Danzig, but, other than that, I think he has continued to sing for them primarily. Um, so, yeah, it, you know, it doesn't really fit in with the rest of the the band's catalog, but I don't think it's like a huge source of shame. Um, yeah. I didn't buy this album. I saw it at like Best Buy one day and was like, mm, I'm going to pass. <laughs> but, it's, uh, you know, there definitely there's, there was worse stuff coming out in 2003 yes. for sure. So next on the list is I, <laughs> this is a weird album to me. And like, I wasn't super familiar with this album, but I knew it existed uh, is the Rob Zombie album, American made music to strip by. And I actually had to look up the track list and I didn't realize it's just a ridiculous remix album of Rob Zombie. Yes. Now this one, I'll actually put in the embarrassing category because I remember that stupid Dragula remix, and I still hear it at Halloween events sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when they did the all the zombie themed stuff at Horror Nights, what last year before last? Oh yeah, the they had that scare zone. Yeah, um, there was a pretty good amount of you know the zombies music being played. I also feel like the last time that I went to the fair uh, in in Lexington several years back, <clears throat> there was one particular attraction or something that was just playing nonstop Rob Zombie the whole time. Um, I like a lot of the stuff that Rob Zombie's done. Love White Zombie. Love you know all his movies generally. Um, yeah. I'm not a big Rob Zombie solo fan. I like a couple of songs, agreed, but I'm not real crazy about the originals. And then you remix the songs, and I, yeah, hard pass on that. Um, it's yeah, I'm with you. Um, White Zombie <laughs> albums, much, much, much better than solo Rob Zombie albums. Yeah, yeah, I'm down for about two songs. Let me listen to like Super Beast, and I'm good. I'm yes, much rather. Look listen to, to white zombie and, and uh, i'm pretty much out on remixes in general unless oh, it's yeah. hip-hop so so i'll actually give this one the embarrassing category just because I, I i hate remix albums 
<laughs> yeah, just don't listen to any any Rob Zombie albums, really. <laughs> Speaking uh, of remix albums, while we're on the <laughs> the topic, <uh-oh. laughs> the word here's my embarrassing album. I I had. <laughs> If you remember the Gravity Kills song, <laughs> oh God, no! <laughs> if you remember the the Gravity Kills song, "Guilty," um, yeah. I had um, a, an album that featured eleven remixes <laughs> of that song. That's kind of amazing. Like that, 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 that even was existed. That's that kind of like wrong. back when you could buy the singles and they'd have like four of the same song, but they were different versions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. That's what this was. I mean, it was basically like a it was like a CD single, but it was like a whole album's worth of different versions of that song. Oh, that's awesome. I feel like me using the word single just really dated both of us. So. <laughs> I was listening to um, a podcast uh, just like in the last couple of days that um, the word to single got, got mentioned. <laughs> That's awesome. It was, um, it's just a week uh, for it. Yeah. I mean, and I guess we are talking about the right era to mention Kissingle still. <laughs> oh, for sure, man. I mean, it was crazy. Like how those, you know, like that sort of thing would show up on like billboard charts. Cause that many people bought singles back then. Oh it's, Yeah. Very much. Like you could even on occasion get a CD with apparently 11 remixes of the same songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And only if you're me. <laughs> so um, the the next one, I was also not super like I, I remember the album and I remembered some of the music from the movie. But Honestly, I don't even really remember the movie well, and I can't remember that I watched the whole thing. But the next album is Spawn the Album from the movie that came out in the late 90s, 96, 97-ish. Yeah. Uh, I've got the track list pulled up, and (laughs) like, this is something. (laughs) It really is. Well, it's the first, like, well, not the first, but, like, definitely one of the... One of the first ones, I guess, what was it, like Judgment Night or something was the first time you had like a a whole album, like featuring collaborations between different genres. Yes. And and this is definitely along those lines. This is one of the ones on this list that I, I did own. Okay, well, that's awesome. I'm glad one of us owned this because like I also saw the movie. So I don't remember it well. I feel like I saw it, but I don't like I have to say, though, looking at some of these like Metallica and DJ Spooky, like what the heck? (laughs) Yeah. How does that work? Well, I mean, it's that or the San Francisco Symphony Orchestra. That's true. That's true. Because that actually S&M would have come out right after this. So that's right. Yeah. I saw oh, the great. movie at the uh, the Fayette Mall movie theater, and not that like oh yeah ridiculousness they call the the mall movie theater the now. Food court is. not part of the mall. <laughs> yeah, this one was in the mall. I remember that one. I yeah. saw uh, uh, Austin Powers at the other mall theater back in those days. So <laughs> Here you go. Oh, that's great. I, but yeah, definitely some interesting collaborations. Uh, I'm on just this like, album. I, I can't get over this. Like, 
some freaking Slayer and Atari Teenage Robot. <laughs> I, I mean, like the one that got me just looking at the album first was Filter and the Crystal Method, but like I can almost see that working. I actually, that is the song that I bought this album for. I okay. still love that song. I, I remember was, the song. Yeah. Can't you trip like I do or something? Yeah. Yeah. I I legitimately enjoy that song. I, you know, I've I've been on the record many times as not really caring for like industrial kind of electronic stuff, you know, elements entering rock music. Yes. But I really like the first filter album. And uh this song is kind of an extension of that in my mind. Filter was one of those bands for me I could just never like. And I I still don't have a good reason for it at all. <laughs> I really, I'm not crazy about anything past the first album, but the the short bus album, I listened to it, I don't know, within the past year and, yeah. and it still holds up to me. It's, it's really good. So I, I will say this album, I didn't have time this week to actually just sit down and listen to it. So I can't even speak to this album. What's your, what's your take? Is it embarrassing to own this or no? I don't think so. I mean, it's not something that, most people would probably have on like regular rotation. Um, but there are some legitimate good songs on there. There are some bands that um, I enjoy in general and just having them involved. Um, uh, I remember silver chairs on there. Um, I'm still a major, like yes. really silver chair fan. Um, again, you know, getting a filter song on there. Uh I can't remember the entire track list, um, but I feel like, you know, with compilation albums, you know, I mean, it's going to be pretty hit or miss most of the time. Yes. And I feel like uh, a good chunk of this actually works. Well, I mean, Um, there are some of these I could see like really working together i mean like the prodigy and tom morello i could actually see the weirdness of tom morello's guitar working with the just weirdness of prodigy <laughs> yeah that that sound. i don't remember that song but yeah that that sounds about right um uh, it's just like i don't know for some reason like a lot of the stuff i was into at the time you know bands i was just discovering uh were yeah. on this so it was kind of interesting um oh yeah i forgot marilyn manson's on this too yes with the sneaker pimps yeah <laughs> but with a song that was like actually a hit like oh. one hard road out of hell like had a video and everything see i don't i don't, don't remember it i need i guess i need to go back and actually listen to this album after this now i don't remember like i, didn't do I don't know part. i may remember like half of this but the half that i remember was pretty good well, then that's a good nod to this one. Um, the next one, I'm just going to say embarrassing because I don't like the band in general. Uh, <laughs> the next one is Iced Earth Horror Show, released in 2001. And I, I'm i not a huge fan of like 80s metal like or just like the bands that kind of came up in the late 70s into the 80s era. That I just, like, I don't like Judas Priest's. I don't like Iron Maiden. Like, I'm just, I just don't like these bands. (laughs) Yeah. Well, um, then, yeah, Ice Earth, it's probably not for you. Um, (laughs) Now, you know, 
I do like Iron Maiden, um, at least Bruce Dickinson era Iron Maiden, uh, which, you know, most of the, the uh, catalog. Um, I uh, like some Judas Priest. And with all that being said, Iced Earth is garbage. Um, John Schaefer, whatever his name is, flat out scumbag. Uh, I will not support this band in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> um, so, yes, definitely be embarrassed to own any of their albums. Um, with that said, um, you know, respect to, to Ripper Owens, um, who, of course, did uh, sing for Judas Priest for a while. So oh, there's there your you connection. <laughs> um, and also for Iced Earth, um, you know, he's a seems like a legit guy um, who has worked really hard to um, succeed multiple um, well-known singers uh, in, you know, in already established bands. And that's never easy to do. Um, but yeah, other, other than that, I've got no time whatsoever for Iced Earth. <laughs> Well, so we'll we'll call that one embarrassing then. Sure, <laughs> we'll, we'll give this one a full on thumbs down. Yeah, uh, two of them. The these are the moments. This next album, I feel like your knowledge of the obscure outdoes mine when it comes to music. So, <laughs> like, I've never heard of this next band, and I had to go listen to them, and it was okay. Uh, they're called um, Amen. The album okay. is We Have Come For Your Parents. And I just, I have no recollection of this band ever existing. I have no idea who they <laughs> were. I listened to them. Um, it was okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember this band because I remember people that we went to school with listening to them. Okay. Um, I remember that their singer's name was Casey Chaos. Um, <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> um i do remember there's a a couple interesting things about them one is that they were like a weird mix of stuff like they had like kind of a punk side to them um, yes but were like firmly within like some death metal um they had some like interesting connections um multiple members of so um the band snot uh were were members of this band I would at time. Not have expected that. Uh That's snot and like. uh and soulfly as well. Oh, both because um, you know they're Southern California band of uh, that era, new metal. Um, but also Dave Lombardo of the aforementioned Slayer <laughs> uh, did a little little bit of studio work with them. So they were like a band that yeah, people knew about somehow. Interesting. But yeah, they they did not impress me. It was I, uh, I, I don't like I don't have anything else really to say about this album. And in the end, I, I guess it could be considered embarrassing. I mean, the the cover looks like they tried to rip off Children of the Corn, but <laughs> I, I I'm kind of yeah. just middle of the road on this. Yeah, no, it it doesn't move me one way or another. I mean, it's uh, an album that you would find in the bargain bin pretty much as soon as it came out. So (laughs) this is 32 cents. Here you go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
this next band, I don't understand why this one is is embarrassing. Um, I guess I assume this is how you say their name because that's how I've always said it. Drain STH. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, for sure. I don't have any problem with them. I feel like they were like I like female heavy female bands. Um, and they don't have to be heavy. Like I, I thought Veruca Salt was one of the best bands of the nineties. But oh, Veruca Salt. Like, but like Drain STH was. I think they were really trying to be like at the time in a male dominated metal, new metal world metal, but I don't feel like they were metal really <laughs> like it was really heavy guitar, but the vocals were like grungy almost. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you. Uh, they were. Yeah. On the heavier side of rock, but I kind of, I, I fail to lump them in with metal as much. Um, yeah. And like a good test of that was like the reason I discovered them was because they played Ozfest one year and I, I did go out and buy this album. Um, and um, yeah, like they, you know, again, they're perfectly fine band, but it just, you know, when I, when I, knew they were going to be on Ozfest. I kind of had like a certain sound I was expecting and didn't yeah. quite match up. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, they're okay. I don't find it embarrassing, but it's nothing special. <laughs> yeah. I just wouldn't go out of my way to, to listen to them really. Yes. Um, you know, I mean, good for them for doing their thing, being a, you know, Swedish all female band <laughs> and getting on. Ozfest at a time when you know that wasn't necessarily a given it was kind of oh yeah boys club i mean it helps that you know one of the members ended up marrying the guitars from black sabbath but <laughs> yeah yeah probably i'm not hurt. not saying yeah i'm not saying they got you know got on the festival you know based on that alone but um you know my, my point is they you know they they did some good things to accomplish what they did yeah having a fairly unremarkable sound. Yes. So yeah, I'm, I'm calling that middle of the road too. Um, the, the next band, I, I remember owning one of their albums and it wasn't because I'd ever heard them. I, their cover art was intriguing. If, if nothing else, they had some of the weirdest cover art I had seen at the time. Uh, this band is six feet under. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, uh, six feet under is always a weird band to me because Chris Barnes was uh, the original. Uh, well, yes. Um, you know, the original vocalist for Cannibal Corpse, a uh, legendary death metal band. Um, you know, he kind of put their name on the map, even though he made a fairly early exit from the band. Um, and then he started Six Feet Under um, and started with kind of the same momentum uh, as Cannibal Corpse. And I don't know, like, he was both known for being hard to deal with um and also for like 
then kind of running the the band into the ground. Like he started yes. doing the whole like death and roll style where it like it's you know to be death metal, it's not really that heavy. He That's, started yeah, putting out weird covers. Um, I went to see, I went to a six feet under show because of the opening bands in about 2004 or five, maybe. Okay. And, um, like I didn't stay, like I left before six feet under came on, but like Chris Barnes, like walked through the, the crowd, um, at, you know, like before they went on and just like basically stared everybody down and like made everybody uncomfortable and then went backstage. I just like, I don't have good feelings about this band considering that they're from like pretty legendary death metal stock. Oh yeah. Um, Also not really sure why they're mixed in with all this new metal. Um, I thought that was weird too, because like they're definitely the heavy, heavy stuff, not like the kind of lighter side of of metal, like the rest of this album, these albums. Yeah. And, and again, they got kind of weird by this era and we're doing the, you know, the death and roll style covering like all these, like, songs that just you know you can't really convert into like something real heavy and menacing (laughs) so i I guess it's just there for the like novelty of it alone Uh, i don't know this particular album very well but i know it was like kind of on that downhill slide (sighs) i i did notice i i had this list wrote up and I, i missed one i just noticed that um but um before i go to that I guess we can call six feet under in this era borderline embarrassing for owning it, but I mean, it's embarrassing if you're like a death metal fan, um, if you're just <laughs> trying to listen to like heavy metal and, or heavy music in general. I mean, it's, you know, it's fine, I guess. Yeah. I just, there's a lot better death metal out there. <laughs> so this next one, I, I, I kind of get why they're saying it would be embarrassing. I feel like it's only embarrassing if you're like hardcore metalhead, like, oh, you need, well, you know, growls and, and, and chugga chugga. <laughs> like, <laughs> but this, this next one is Bleeding Through, This Is Love, This Is Murderous. And I owned this album and the intro is still to this day, one of my favorite, like the very first song with the uh, Boondock Saints line leading to that like heavy, crazy riff is still one of my favorite songs. Amen. Um, <laughs> um, I also owned this album. I 100% stand by it. I love Bleeding Through. I saw them like four times during this era. Um, you know, met all of the members, hung out with them multiple times. They're all great people, great musicians. Um, they introduced like a darker, like almost like kind of goth Yes. You know, they had the, the keyboards, the atmospheric keyboards and stuff. Which and I it's enjoy like, in metal. Yeah. Well, well, actually, I mean, I typically don't, but I feel like they pulled it off really well. I agree. Um, the lyrics are like something that like a really <laughs> angry 
high school kid would write. I will admit that. The the cover art is a heart with a knife through it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's basically like it's like angsty kid like breakup album pretty Which, much. Uh, and and I feel like that's why it's on this list, but that was the thing at the time. Like that's when you had yeah. 18 visions and all those bands kind of like spilling out onto the scene and you had this like clash of hardcore and emo and this is what was born out of that <laughs> yeah well i mean the singer bleeding through was in 18 visions so there you go, oh, there you go. Yeah, that's right uh, i forgot about that <laughs> but uh yeah and, and well and also like i was 19 when this album came out so you know, this is the kind of album I needed in my life. Yeah, at the time. it made sense. <laughs> and yeah, I a hundred percent stand by it. I I have listened to this album in the past few months. Um, there you go. Yeah, it's it's super good. The first like three bleeding through albums are excellent. Oh yeah. So I'm I'm with you on this. This is not an embarrassing one, and it's stupid that it's even close to this list. Agreed. Uh, the the second to last one. Um, it it is embarrassing because uh, it's Kid Rock's Devil Without a Cause, and it's just embarrassing if you listen to Kid Rock. I really don't care what you think. That's just a fact. <laughs> yes, agreed. I think this is like about as good as you're going to get for Kid Rock. Yeah, uh, I think like a couple of songs are like, you know, if you're, I don't know, on like a middle school football team and you're trying to get pumped up or whatever, you could like, you could last a couple of these songs and like the go, Nebraska singing cowboy. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You you could go like, you know, hit somebody's, you know, in the you know, knock their mouthpiece out or whatever and feel good about yourself. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you're gonna still support Bob Ritchie, um <laughs> yeah, there's that. Sure. Uh, you know, this is the album to do it with. Go, I, hey, go I'm find at a, the track list. I forgot about I Am the Bull God. <laughs> yeah, that's the first song I ever heard of these. I, I think it was for me too. <laughs> I forgot the song. Get you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, <sighs> you know, so yeah, go to a pawn shop and, you know, pay 50 cents for that scratched up uh, Devil Without a Cause copy. <laughs> um, Certainly don't listen to any of his other albums. <laughs> oh gosh, it just um, gets worse as it goes. Yeah. Uh so yeah, I mean definitely, you know, feel some embarrassment about this one, but man, it it only gets worse, like yes. you said. Uh, so yeah, I think we both stand in the same place, which this leads us perfectly into the final album. It's a various artist album as well. Uh it's MTV's Return of the Rock, which was released in 2000. So uh, the reason I said it would have been a good lead-in from Kid Rock is because a song off of Devil Without a Cause starts that album. Um, F that. Uh, <laughs> I will, uh, for uh, censorship, <laughs> just do that. Um, I, I mean, that's starting out bad enough. This is all over the place, though, because there are some bands on this and, and songs by those bands that I really like. But then there are some that are just like, oh, good Lord. (laughs) (laughs) 
When we were talking about this, I actually got it confused with another compilation album from that era, which was uh, The Hard and the Heavy. Oh, yes. I remember that one. That could be on this list, honestly. (laughs) I mean, it's probably very similar. Um, But uh, with that said, I kind of forget what was on this one. So here's the rundown of this. Uh, You start with that Kid Rock song. You move on to, uh, since it's so popular right now on Hulu, um, of the Pam and Tommy fame, uh, Methods of Mayhem. (laughs) And uh, they were terrible. Like, I I did not like that band. (laughs) (laughs) So you did not get naked, is that what? Uh, Yes. Gosh, I was trying to think of their hit. Because it's not that song on this album. It's Crash. Uh, uh, th- that moves on to uh, Christian Rock Phenom uh, P.O.D. <laughs> sure. Uh, Southtown, which honestly, if I had to pick a P.O.D. song to listen to, it'd probably be that one. That's about the yeah, man. I liked of theirs. That was my introduction to them. <laughs> I can get into it. Uh, and I will give them like they're labeled as a Christian band, but I don't think they like that. Like they try not to be labeled as a Christian band. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I think at the time they they embraced it. Uh, yeah, I, don't I, I know. think they that's, stopped that's... as much later on. <laughs> sure. Uh, now next, I I do like this band, Machine Head from this day. Um, I do like Machine Head, and they're hit and miss for me. And I don't remember this song, but uh, this was like the it. album where they decided they wanted to be a new metal band for exactly so, one album, just to like try it out. And I didn't it's really like, like that a, album. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's it's like a um, like a a trial membership at like a gym. Something you like have a session with a personal trainer and realize that you'd rather be like eating chips on the couch or something. It's kind of Machine Head with uh, with the, the their third album, which is what this track is from. So that um, that's uh, and and honestly, I'm the same way with this next one, the band Kitty, who. Um, when we got into this conversation, I looked through bands who were new, new metal bands. I hate saying that. Uh, <laughs> right. And one of them is the Nova Twins, who honestly go like they are all over the map musically. But one of their songs really reminds me of Kitty, specifically from the Oracle album, the second album. This song on this album is is. Uh, kitty brackish which if i had to rate their songs would be the last song it's my least favorite of theirs because it's the least heavy i mean it's like their lead singer has a growl no pun intended like nothing i have ever heard (laughs) Uh, yeah i i love kitty i like I know, like, when they started, they were, you know, again, like, there was still a stigma behind like, all female bands. Uh, oh, they yeah. were in high school at the time. Oh, and that's right. I forgot they, they were young. Oh, yeah. And then, I mean, we were in high school, too. So, whatever. But that's true. Uh, they were in, uh, you know, they're, they're Canadian, which, for some reason, people <laughs> like to, like, make an issue of. Nickelback. Um, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> there's a reason. Um <laughs> But but seriously, if you're going to emulate a band, like I, Kitty's like especially first couple albums, like I still stand by them today. They're one of the better bands to do metal to me. They yeah, like because they were like they did it well, and like you know, there's nothing wrong with this song, but I just 
it was almost so new metal that it, it was my least favorite. Uh, okay, that's fair. The, um, the next, the next one, I just like it, it's very much like you said with Machine Head. It's Cold Chamber, but it's the song <laughs> "Not Living," which is from that album that Ozzy Osbourne was on, and it's essentially the same thing you said with that Machine Head album. It's their experiment out into this other form of music that did not work for them. Like it was awful. That was, that was actually that album was sitting in the back of my, my forerunner and someone sat on it and broke it and I didn't care. You you thanked them. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I didn't care who shocked the monkey. (laughs) Yeah. I I could not get into the the chamber music album. That's Um, the name of it. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, or really anything after that from Cole Chamber. Uh, not that there was much, but... Uh, I, I prefer so, big trucks driving through houses with the roof on fire. So it's... Uh, for sure. <laughs> Definitely stand by the, the first Cole Chamber album. That's just uh, Loco. No. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that was the... Uh, Cole Chamber's first album. When I first got um, a CD player in my, my first car... The very first thing I listened to is the first Cold Chamber album. So that's great. And it's so funny. Like going back and listening to it now, it's so simplistic. I mean, there's nothing technical about that album, but it's oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, like you were, you know, showing like every Godsmack riff ever played um, (laughs) when we started recording. You could definitely do that with Cold Chamber. I mean, every Cold Chamber. That's true. It worked. I mean, I was here are the power chords I know. Play them for every song. <laughs> yeah. Drop D and go. Okay. <laughs> so um the next the next one is it's one of those bands that I feel like could have been I don't think they're bad, but I feel like they could have been better than they were. Um and were is the statement now since their lead singer is no longer living. Uh, the band is Static X, um, and the uh, song is SOM. I don't remember that song, and I sh- I should have looked that up because I'm not even sure which album that came from. But it well, hasn't been. I don't remember. <laughs> I mean, oh, this. The Return of the Rock album, I believe, coincided with Static X's second album, Machine. That was my thought. And I'm looking on that track list. This might have been just a song for that album. Yeah, it's it's definitely possible. Um, I, I've never been a big Static X fan. I don't particularly... Uh, you don't, don't really, really push it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Like, I can enjoy an occasional Static X song. Um, and I do think their second album was kind of their best stuff. Um, which, by the way, I know you mentioned uh, their, their singer dying. Um, they do have a new one. Oh. Uh, and it's it's a weird thing. It's like a Wayne Static lookalike with a mask or something. It's, yeah, it's it's different so it's not Buckethead. <laughs> <laughs> no Axel <I> Rose. <laughs> uh, but yeah it's uh i i just i don't know their stuff well enough to know if this <laughs> song appeared on another album 
I, I can't find it, so it must have been exclusive for this. Um, the next one is, and and I will say, like, I know new metal falls into this, but like, I call them industrial metal a lot more than I ever call them new metal because they relied heavily on things that were not guitar or drum driven for pretty much everything. Right. <laughs> um, but the next song, uh, not only do I like the band, I like the song. <laughs> it's a uh, denial by seven dust. Oh yeah. So that's oh. like, that might be one of my favorite, like top three on this whole album. Just looking through this track list. <laughs> I love seven dust. Um, uh, they wouldn't fall into the industrial. I know they like did some experimental things with sound, particularly uh, like electronic percussion and stuff. Um, I just love Seven Dust. Like I, his vocals are solid. Uh, yeah, I've never had a problem with with them at all. Um, just a very solid band. Um, whether they're playing heavy stuff, melodic stuff, doesn't matter. Um, so yeah, definitely behind them. Um, by the way, I know I'm backtracking a little bit, but the uh, the the new Static X singer, he was, uh, I, I guess, like kind of his identity was hidden for a while. But apparently, this is the guy from the band Dope. Oh, um, so, yeah. Well, um, <laughs> since you're saying that, uh, we'll follow and we'll uh, just lead straight into one of their songs is on here. It's that everything sucks song. And that's basically how I would describe every album dope made. Um, <laughs> it, it like, it's this like terrible mashup of like almost metal and industrial and really bad vocals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't like a single thing about this band. <laughs> Um, no, I, I'm going is. to be honest and say I owned their first album. <laughs> I think I have like a single actually. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it was one of those like street team giveaways or something. Uh, yes, and uh, I'm glad it was free because then I could listen to it and realize I never wanted to hear them again. <laughs> yeah, it it was bad. I I regret owning that one. Talk about it. That should have been on that list. <laughs> yeah what's the thing like that's the weirdest list ever there's like no Limp Bizkit very embarrassing. yeah seriously <laughs> I mean, I mean, like I like some Limp Bizkit but like they should have been on that list oh yeah <sighs> one of my bigger regrets that's what we need to do next week is we need to create our own list <laughs> yeah for sure I think we might do this this might be this might be the theme of next week's show we'll continue our new metal talk and, uh, and, and do our <laughs> own embarrassing new metal list oh I got and plenty of that we'll do that we'll do a top 10 from each of us that, that all right <laughs> uh, the uh, the next song is a band that I I knew existed and that was it, it was that band liquid gang um, the song Blunt Force Trauma. I went, I had to go back and listen to them. It was nothing special. And I guess that's why I didn't remember them. I've heard the name. That's about <laughs> as far as I can go with that. Well, then we'll move on because uh, that's I'm, enough for me. <laughs> I'm not a member of the Liquid Gang. Um, the next song is probably is also in my top three on this album. Uh, Spit It Out by Slipknot. I really, really like this song. And yeah. as far as Slipknot albums go, this is my favorite. Well, it, it's close. This and Iowa are, but this is like for what it was, 
it's more pure than Iowa. I feel like more raw almost is the term. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, I love Slipknot. Um, you know, I've listened to this album more times than I can count. Uh, Spin It Out is not my favorite song of theirs. Um, I don't know what it is. Just something about it doesn't really grab me the way that yeah. a lot of the other songs do. It is a um, lot more industrial. I'll say that. That's true. It really is. And maybe that's what gets me. Um, I, I mean, it's it's fine. But I there's a lot of stuff on this album I like, on, on their first album I like better. Um, since it's I... Uh, proper album, I suppose. Since, yeah. Since I mentioned... Um, Oh, I'm lost. It uh, the AOL it's a messenger earlier. My uh, screen name at one time was surfacing based on the yeah. song. <laughs> I'm sure I'll, we had some some discussions. Uh, oh goodness! That, so that screen name. So that's that's not a bad one. Um, the next one. Speaking of bands who started out solid and ended up, so as far as bands who were really really good. And then just progressively got worse and worse and worse. The next song on the list is Make Me Bad by Korn. Uh, this is the era where I feel like they had just hit peak crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that in fact, that Make Me Bad specifically might be the worst Korn song. And that's I agree. <laughs> really saying something. But it's going to be in my head just saying the title of the song. Which oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I... You know, I'm pretty much a first two, maybe three albums corn fan. And after that, I I know they like did the one album where they like returned to their roots a few years ago or whatever. Yeah. Uh yeah. they got that one like Late. weird dubstep album they did. Oh yeah, I forgot about um, that. That's that's yeah, something some bad stuff. But generally, yeah, anything post follow the leader for sure is just yes. garbage. <laughs> And even Follow the Leader had its bad moments. The The next one is, it's interesting that it's on this album. And I actually, I need to look this up. Because I don't remember. Okay, so it's the year before when it was released. So the next one is Stained, but it's the song Just Go. And I find that interesting that it's on this album. Because I feel like most people's introduction to Stain was on the next album uh, with uh, the song that Fred Durst ruined on the uh, <laughs> Family Values. Feel those lighters. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, I, I feel like that's the song that kind of like made Stain explode. But I bought at Walmart, I bought the album. And it, was it self-titled, I think, their first album? Uh, um Thinking the one that just goes on, right? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, dysfunction. Oh, dysfunction! I also yes. bought. I also bought that at Walmart. Uh, I got it for like four or five dollars. Like it I think I paid like nine for it, and uh, it was it, it was unedited. Uh, yes, I that's that's something I, that really stuck out to me at the time because I'm not I did like Walmart really didn't sell much at like unedited stuff. No, like they weren't <laughs> supposed to. That was and like my. I stand by. I, Stained has some good stuff, and I have no problem with them. But that was a 
great album and i don't feel like most people even know it exists <laughs> yeah well they you know they definitely kind of had a progression of um of stardom i guess of, of people becoming aware of their music because uh you know that was definitely the album where i found out about the uh dysfunction uh i later went back and saw that they had a self-released album that preceded that called tormented uh which has oh, some of the yes. same tracks um oh. and i and man that. it is good it really I, is now that you say that i believe that this function led me to find tormented uh, because isn't there a song called tormented on no i'm wrong on that but yes i the the song that and I don't, I, I don't remember if I heard the song or if I bought the album, but I remember really liking Mud Shovel because of that, like, his screaming, that's just crazy. And if I remember correctly, he also screams in Just Go near the end. He starts screaming, Just Go. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I mean, it's definitely when they had their, their heavy side going. And then you're right, like, the third album was Break the Cycle, which was... They became um, radio rock. <laughs> um, yeah, but they kind of, there was like a mix. There was still some, I mean, it was definitely where they like achieved their their stardom. But there was a song called Can't Believe on there where his, mm. his vocals were like as heavy as they ever yes. got. I remember that uh, song. But then, yes, definite radio rock after that. Um, Aaron Lewis became like kid rock level scumbag. Um <laughs> He's he's a pretty terrible person, uh, which is a real shame. Um, yes, because because yeah, that those first two or so stained albums are still <laughs> still very good. So I yeah I so far this is not a terrible album. I'm not sure why this is on that list either. But uh, the next song is I believe. If it wasn't this, it was spiders. But I believe Sweet Pea was the introduction for my, my like my first time hearing System of a Down. Okay, I don't think it was spiders, but it could have been. It, it has to be one of the two because those were the two songs uh, that were. And I remember learning spiders on guitar just because I enjoyed that like really slow build guitar riff. Sure. Um, uh, and like hearing I remember hearing that for the first time because it was so different like it wasn't like any other metal I had ever heard at the time <laughs> yeah yeah they they managed to like bridge the gap between like quirkiness and still like being legitimately solid heavy music yes um, my introduction to System of a Doubt was uh, Sugar and mm. um, well, it could have been that one too. Gosh, don't let you say that. <laughs> every song started with S. I mean, uh, <laughs> true. Um, but but Sweet Pea opens the album, and just that like crazy little like opening guitar, <laughs> yes. it just it gets you psyched and uh, and so much fun. Like that that is such a good album. Oh yeah, start to finish too. Like I don't think there's a song on there I disliked. Yeah, it's um I don't know, it's it's just lots of fun. Uh I don't feel like they ever 
maybe actually with that like steal this album which i think was like basically like b-sides and like kind of leftover tracks from toxicity uh i think that kind of matched the energy of this first album but other than that i don't feel like they ever did this again oh no not at all i i did see them live they were they were good live actually i saw them with corn and another band i'm going to mention shortly um (laughs) And, and the, Kid Rock. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. He was there too. Gosh, that was awful. <laughs> and Metallica. Rock. Since we've mentioned Metallica, yeah, that was a good show. Sure. Uh, yeah. Although Metallica wasn't really there because uh, James was uh, in the hospital, and I got to see them indoors, which was better because their stage show is good. Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen it. Uh, well, I guess I've only seen them inside once. Saw them a couple times, but yeah, you're right that that arena experience is where they're at their best we we left because kid rock started singing enter sandman and i was like yep this is all i need let's get out of here (laughs) rough Uh, that would definitely put me to sleep as far as other bands that i don't like uh this next one and and this is completely i don't have a reason that I dislike this band, but still to this day, I dislike them as Incubus. Uh, and the song is Pardon Me because it's their biggest hit of the time. But sure. I have an unnecessary dislike of this band, and I, I couldn't tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> Incubus is interesting because they are a very different band depending on when you listen to them. Um, and I like some eras definitely better than others. Um, I, uh, you know, this this was on the uh, Make Yourself album, which was definitely like their big crossover to being like pretty radio friendly. But they uh, I still liked this era of, of their stuff. I think they uh, I, well, I saw them. Maybe I guess just twice. Uh, Always liked Incubus, though. I know that they're definitely much more of like a radio rock band, um, or they they became that eventually. Yeah, um, but I don't know. It just it, it always worked for me. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't get behind. I, I really don't have a reason for disliking them. So that's that's about all I've got to say about them. <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, i've got those bands too the the next band we've already talked about um it's uh the song stain by full devil jacket i do find it interesting that they picked a song that wasn't quite the hit but like i mean i i don't know there were other songs in that album that i could see being on here but i mean we we've given our opinion of this band but it's just weird that that's the song they picked for the album <laughs> They seem to do that with this album. Like most of That's these true. are not the biggest hit from their respective albums. I mean, That's Just Go true. was probably not the biggest stained hit. Spit It Out was not the biggest Slipknot hit. Uh, That's yeah, kind of cool that they like exposed sure. people to other stuff that they hadn't, uh, you know, probably hadn't heard if they didn't well, like yeah. have that band's full album. That's true. Because like with Slipknot, I mean, obviously the song that was like everybody knew was "Wait and Bleed." Yeah. Uh, the next I don't actually know who this band is um, their Boiler Room is the band and the song is yeah it's another one like a, yeah I know the name that's that's all I got <laughs> well then uh, let's move on um, yeah <laughs> another band that I feel like 
started out with a pretty solid first album and then just sucked after that. And this was the uh, sucked era uh, infest by Papa Roach. Um, Interesting. Uh, I, I don't remember. I say that, but like, was that on the first album or was that on the next album? It was on the first album that like, it was the, the same one that was on that had last uh, resort, last resort, okay, broken home, and all that. They did have a couple albums prior to that, but I thought like, so. They were not like well known at all prior. I, I'm just like they had some songs I liked, but I mean, I could I could do without them. This actually invest is like probably the only song that I would still find listenable. <laughs> yeah, um, isn't for, it a heavy them. one? Yeah, you know, reasonably so yeah. for for them. Papa Roach, <laughs> right? Yeah, I would, that was you know talk about like kind of embarrassing. Like even at the time, I don't know. They just like never. I always felt a little weird, like admitting to listening to them, and I never really was crazy about their music to begin with. But there were a couple songs, and even then, I just felt a little off. So I almost felt relieved when their next yeah. album was like pure garbage. I was just like, "Well, okay, I, I didn't feel too good about that to begin with." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the next one is the last one on the album, and. I, I, it's the other band I saw and it's funny, like going back and thinking like, it didn't occur to me at the time that, uh, power band 5,000 was basically just trying to be Rob zombie and which is even funnier considering that's his brother. (laughs) But like, I just like, it, it took me a while to realize like, Oh, you're just seriously trying to do this whole like 50s sci-fi horror movie thing too. It's just not as well done. Um, uh, obviously, it doesn't take much to figure out which songs on this album because really they only had one song that everyone knew before they just um, went off into space with the stars that were revolting. Uh, when Worlds Collide, uh, of course, was the song on the album because, I mean, really, what other Power Man 5000 song did anyone know who didn't listen to the genre a lot? Yeah, well, unfortunately, their best stuff was before they, you know, they made it big. Um, Agreed. The uh, Mega Kung Fu Radio album uh, was, was a good album. far superior to Night the Stars Revolt, but people just didn't know them yet. Since I, since I made a, a quip about them, I'll give Nickelback the same thing. Their first album was heavy, <laughs> and it was good. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, like... I mean, it was better, but it was better. Yeah, it was better. Um, They are definitely a band that continued to just spiral downhill, probably more so than any (laughs) other band. I I feel like there are a few bands out there like that, that like people know them from their popular stuff. And it's like, yes, that is garbage. But, you know, (laughs) there was a time when they were not so terrible. Um, and, and Nickelback is definitely in that. I mean, I've, I saw Nickelback twice, uh, and that is definitely not something I would have ever done post like 2002. 
So um, I, I saw them once and I didn't remember that I saw them. I just, I, somebody mentioned in passing one day, oh, they opened for three doors down. I was like, oh, I was there. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's one of the ones that I saw. <laughs> and then I saw them headline the next year. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, that was, that was more than enough. <laughs> <laughs> so they were, I think uh, Default opened for them, which Default. is a band that they kind of discovered from what I remember. Oh, that's right. Yes. And Default blew them off stage. I think they were way better. And if I remember like, correctly, uh, uh, had uh, the in credits song for Daredevil. That sounds right. Yeah. Three, I think. That's just, yeah, I believe so. Um but yeah, that's uh, that's funny. We got off track, but that that MTV, I I don't feel like that's an embarrassing album, like at all. It, it'd be weird for me to even kind of consider that embarrassing, especially because everyone bought those compilation albums back then. Yeah, I mean, you're. It's rare that you're going to get like, uh, like ninety five or a hundred percent you know, good compilation album. There's going to be crap on it. You can't oh, like yeah. discount the entire album because there are like three bad songs or whatever. Yes. It's, it's, it's going to happen. Well, so uh, in the end, I think this list sucked. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who put it together, but like whoever wrote this, like, I don't know if they've heard music before, but I'll happily <laughs> introduce them to it. Um, uh, so as as I said earlier, I think the next episode, um, or between now and the next episode, since there's actually consistency, um, we will come up with our own list of ten uh, albums that really were embarrassing um, of the new metal era. Because goodness, there are such better embarrassing albums of the era. I'm <laughs> yeah. sure we will no, have some similarities. <laughs> I will say in the defense of the person who wrote this one, you know, one of the like caveats was that everybody owned these, which that also doesn't fit in my experience, but maybe in this person's circle, like Like, everybody did have these. Who owned Amen and Drain STH? I I had Drain STH. But if you had those, you probably also didn't have that Six Feet Under album. That's true. That's true. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah so that's uh that's what we'll this was like a supersized episode i just realized how long we've been talking um yeah I, we should have gotten some fries <laughs> disappointed that's, a, but... that's tim mcgraw would you like fries with that that's uh <laughs> <laughs> well i've already got the barbecue stain so <laughs> that's that uh 1883 metal <laughs> <laughs> i kind of like to hear that <laughs> yeehaw <laughs> well i'm uh i'm happy there was consistency hopefully we can keep it up and and, and hit a third week um after not next week but maybe the show after we'll start bringing some guests in i'm very excited to get them on here uh i just talked to all three of them last night uh they're all three still good to go there's a couple more people I'm going to reach out to. Uh, hopefully they'll be up for coming on here. Um, 
<laughs> the the video is freezing up on this, so I doubt I'm going to have a YouTube version, which I'm I mean I'm not heartbroken about, and it's easier for me to edit when I'm not editing video. Yeah. Uh, so I um, I appreciate anyone who actually stuck around to the end of this thing. Um, it was uh, it was a fun one. I uh, <laughs> I could talk about music way too long. So oh yeah, go listen to some new metal and be yeah. embarrassed by it or uh, don't. And uh, and and remember what led us down this rabbit hole was the new new metal and it, it's not good for the most part <laughs> and it is embarrassing so don't own it and I mean who owns music now other than Spotify but I uh, uh, it, some of it's good some of it's not uh, maybe we'll even bring up some of the new new metal bands in, in the next episode but um, they basically all sound like Linkin Park Corn and Disturbed so just go listen to them instead we gotta get our uh, our guests opinions on the the embarrassing new metal albums oh yeah it'd be especially fun if they never went through their new metal phase uh, I, yeah, I don't know the, the musical uh, opinions of these people but I know at least two of them are old enough to have survived the new metal era <laughs> <laughs> well I know that one of them in particular owned Saint Anger so uh, I actually was yeah. with him when uh, when he bought it <laughs> <laughs> I was with we, him when he listened to we, it we actually went and saw Fast and Furious 2 the day he bought that so there's there's that well, little that, tidbit <laughs> that kind of fits actually it's <laughs> two things you should never do both in the same day <laughs> Oh goodness! Well, uh, this was a fun one. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to next week and our embarrassing music list. But um, thank you for listening. Uh, I will um, I'll get this on on all the normal audio formats. Like I said, probably won't have a video. Uh, not the end of the world. I do want video to work for our other guests as long as they're good to be on video. But um, we uh, we will talk to you later. See ya. Bye-bye.